0: Welcome to One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergio. To learn more about managing all of your e commerce tools, channels, and strategies from one dashboard, visit Convergio.com. Today, we talked to Justin Hung, founder of Dapper and Done.
1: Business ideas rarely remain intact, especially in the early stages. It's crucial to get feedback and validate those ideas, and it's equally important to be ready to change directions in order to meet customer demands. But how do you get quality feedback? When should you take feedback into consideration or disregard it as a distraction? In today's episode, we chat with Justin Hong, the founder of Dapper & Done. Justin shares his favorite tools and actionable tips and strategies that you can apply today to know exactly what customers want. Hey, Justin. How's it going?
2: Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you. All right, Justin, in a couple of sentences to get started, tell us about Dapper and Done.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Dapper and Done, the site launched in 2015, so about a couple years ago. Right now... The, the value proposition um, that I've been going with now is that there's a bunch of men's grooming products out there on the marketplace and it can be overwhelming. A lot of men just don't know what to buy or what grooming products are a good fit for them. So what Dapper and Dunn does is it provides men with guidance so that they can discover the right grooming products for their individual needs. And this is done via like content on the site. I have a bunch of how to choose guides, for example, like how to choose shampoo or like how to choose hair styling products. Things of that nature because men need help with that. There's also quizzes, I call them product recommendation tools where you can go through and, you know, enter information and it'll help guide you to certain types of products. Guys can also try out starter kits of samples to try out certain products before committing to a full-size version of those products. And then uh, we also have um, discovery subscriptions. So you could uh, subscribe to a beer product uh, discovery subscription or like a shaving product discovery s- subscription, for example. So that's kind of like what m- my business value proposition is now. But I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But previously... It started out with something different, which was that I actually started the company out of my own personal pain point, which was that I found it really inconvenient to have to go to the store whenever I ran out of product. And I felt like I was wasting you know, a lot of time and it was pretty much just very inconvenient for me. But that's what I started with. And now I've shifted to this newer value proposition.
0: All right. So what did life look like before Dapper and Done?
2: So I've been an entrepreneur. I was um, running a small agency, an internet marketing agency. And that's where kind of like the idea spawned, you know, for for Depp and Dunn spawned from, you know, like I was busy, had a company to run and having to go to CVS to pick up green products was just really inconvenient for me. So life looked like, you know, I was busy. I had a team to run, had leadership responsibilities, wore a lot of different hats. I mean, the agency wasn't too big. You know, I think that we had probably had a small team, I think at its maximum we probably hit around 20 people, but it was a smaller agency. We did SEO, PPC, um, website design development, things of that nature for clients.
1: And how did you end up there?
2: Yeah. So when I was in business school, I started a an agency, an internet marketing agency, and through Doing so, I was doing these meetups in which I could educate small business owners, which also served as like a lead generation tool for me as well. And through one of the meetups that I was doing and, and teaching at, I actually met one of the co-founders of the the agency that I ended up with, which was, was called Highly Relevant. And so after you know two or three months, I had you know I'd I've, I've met with this guy, the guys, and they had invited me to, to join the, the team. And so the team was about. I want to say it was less than six months old. The company was less than six months old when I joined. And and that's how I got started with them. And that was for I was with Hiley
0: Rowland for over four years. So a second ago, you you mentioned that part of this came out of a pain point for yourself. How do you feel like a business owner knows that a problem is so big that it's worth creating a business around?
2: Okay, so I think that starting, you know, with the business idea, starting with the, your own personal pain point, and wanting to scratch your itch, is actually a pretty good way to go about starting a business because you're kind of like that, the that the prospective customer already. You can also just, you know, rather than having to go out there and find out, like, hey, do people have these, you know, the, the, a certain pain points? You already know, and you're already part of that customer demographic. So I think that's a good way to start. And if you're coming with business ideas, you can just look around and look at your lifestyle and see what kind of pain points you have, but then also to validate the the pain points, see if that's a certain theme amongst other people that you might find in your demographic. I think that you should do, for any aspiring entrepreneur who wants to start a business, I think that the aspiring entrepreneur should do customer discovery type interviews in which they interview other people in the same demographic and ask open-ended questions to try to like sift out certain themes and see if other people have similar pain points. And by doing these types of interviews, the people you interview might validate your particular pain point, and they might actually introduce new pain points for you to think about as well. And so, and I actually think this is an ongoing process. Yeah, you know, I don't think you should just do like one set of interview or, or, or surveys and just get the pain points and you know, just run from there. I think it should be ongoing, you know, collection of pain points and finding out what's going on in the marketplace to see if you can solve the different problems that are out there with your business.
0: What were some of the specifics that you took away that maybe you didn't even realize that were a problem or weren't a problem when you went through this for your own, for Depper and Dunn?
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. So so, you know, for my personal pain point was inconvenience and a waste of time to have to have to go to the store. I actually didn't even think about it from like a product standpoint. I wasn't thinking like, oh, I need to learn more about hair products or face wash or anything along those lines. I just wanted to get my products quickly. So the main solution for me was putting in a subscription program in which the customer could replenish the products easily. but through talking to different people and interviewing people, I found out you know different pain points such as the primary one was not knowing what to buy. So many products out there just I remember a, a buddy of mine who I was interviewing told me he would just go to you know he would go to bed bath and beyond. he would want to step it up to using better products. But he just, I guess he didn't know what the different products were, like the different brands. So he would just default to the brand that he'd been using previously. And so I found out, you know, so not knowing what to buy was a pain point. The inefficient discovery of new products was also a pain point. Like, you know, just having to go to the store and spending a lot of money to try out new products, like that might not have been the most efficient way to discover new products. Also, the inefficiency, like of the in-store shopping was a pain point as well. Cost of high quality products, those are all different pain points that I didn't think about. I was more so like, hey, I didn't want to waste time to have to go to CVS and pick up products. But then by interviewing other people, there was a whole new pool of different pain points for me to think about.
1: So it sounds like, I mean, you know, your customers pretty well, you've talked to them, you've listened. What are some specifics as far as like, you know, if one of our listeners is trying to gain that sort of insight about their own mm-hmm. prospects, and and you mentioned surveying and interviewing, what are some of the specific ways that you can do that? Do you use a phone? Do you email? Do you, do you seek people in person? How do you get the information and how do you get it in a way that's easy for you to understand and digest?
2: So I have, uh, I-, I got multiple ways to share with you guys. So I would say one of the best ways to get started would be to identify people in your network, friends and family who might be in your target market and just ask them for, you know, buy them a cup of coffee or set up a time to chat with them on the phone and just ask them open ended questions about their pain points, about, you know, the specific area that you're trying to look into. So, for example, um, for me with grooming products, if I set up a call with a friend, I could ask, like, what do you hate most about? you know, shopping for grooming products. And then you want to keep it open-ended so that they'll just talk. And then you want to take notes and record, you know, the the key points that get brought up. And once you do enough of these interviews, there'll be certain themes that'll arise out of them. I think if you talk to maybe like five or 10 people in your demographic, you will start to get really insightful information. And if like five of the 10 people you talk to mention the same thing, that, that might be something for you to think about. There's other ways to... Get feedback as well. You can set up, once you get your business going, you have a, a, and you get your email flow set up, you can interject certain emails, just, just asking, like, hey, what's your biggest pain point about X or other types of questions like that. You can use software. So I use a software called Hotjar in which you can, like, you know, you can have like little poll questions that pop up when people are on your website asking, like, you know, asking what their pain points are or, you can even set up surveys that people can take you know, in exchange for the discount or, or something along those lines. In terms of getting feedback on it, let's say you already have a site set up and you want to get feedback and see what you could, could change up. A couple other ways to go about it would, you could also do user testing. I think there's a, the, a, software a product called uh, peak user testing in which I would use and it's free. I think you can do like a few per month in which people will go onto your site and it'll record them going through your site and they can, you know, questions will pop up and they can answer them. So you can help clarify things on your site too. And then you could also hire people on Fiverr to go through your site and give feedback as well. So there's a lot of different methods out there to get feedback and you know, gain insights into problems that you could solve with your business.
1: I love how creative you are with all the methods. It's like you left no stone unturned.
2: <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I didn't come up with those on my own. I, I read and, and learned different strategies to do so. Yeah,
1: and that's why it's so important, right? To mm-hmm. just keep learning and keep, up.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely got me churning on a few different thoughts. I'm going to go this direction though. <laughs> okay. Now, most businesses receive this feedback from customers to varying degrees in the days of old, if you will, we used to say customer's king, whatever the customer wants, customer's always right, those types of things. But we kind of know now that that isn't necessarily the best way or the correct way of doing things. So what methods do you have in place as you're gathering all this information from your users to vet or prioritize feedback?
2: So what I've done in the past, and, and I alluded to this previously, is that when you're just starting out with the business and in the very early stages and you're doing the customer discovery type interviews, I would say that if a certain theme gets brought up many times and is like overwhelmingly like, hey, this is the primary pain point that the, the target demographic is feeling, that's an indication that you should probably tar- – even if that's not the pain point that you start out with, that's an indication to you that, like, hey, that's the primary pain point that you could solve – and whatever your business idea was originally you know i would say don't be so rigid in maintaining like hey i have to pursue this type of this business idea because this is the original one i came up with if your target demographic is giving you the pain point and it's different than what your original business idea was going to solve tweak it, tweak your business idea or just adjust it to solve that particular pain point because if you're solving a problem that people don't really have you know, I don't know how sustainable of a business that you can grow. So I would say so drawing certain, you know, if there's certain themes that come up a lot, that might ring a bell for you that, hey, I should be targeting this particular pain point for my business. If you're getting feedback uh, about like, let's say you already have a site set up and people are giving your, you know, from an e-commerce standpoint, this would apply. Because, you know, from a conversion rate standpoint, that people are giving you feedback on like, hey, I think you need to add, you know, this feature, or you need to add, this other feature, the way you could prioritize is doing. I, I think I got this from um, Pep Laya Conversion Excel in, in one of his books, which is that you could create. You know, you could list all the different action items that you might want to change on your site, and you could have a couple columns. This would help you prioritize the action items. So one would be the one column would be the ease of implementation. So you can rank them one through five with one being very difficult and five being very easy. Then you could have another column for potential for impact. So and one being like not very impactful, like perhaps like changing one item in the footer, like that's not going to be super impactful for your business. And five being super impactful, which could be something like tightening up the value proposition. So when somebody lands on your homepage within five seconds, they understand what your site is for. So once you total up the scores for those two columns, it could give you a ranking like, you know, if something's a 10, that should probably be the top group of priorities. If something's like a five and below, that might be a lower priority.
0: So a two-part question then. You said Mm -hmm. many. What does that mean? Are we talking five people? Are we talking 50 people? At what point do you start paying attention?
2: I think, I mean, I don't know if there's an exact number, but I think that if more than like, yeah, I, th- I feel like if depending on how many people you end up interviewing, I think if you or get feedback from, but I think that once you get feedback from like 10 to 20 people, and of that 10 to 20 people, if at least four or five are mentioning the same thing, I think that that's something for you to pay attention to.
0: And the other if only
2: one person mentions something, then maybe it's not that important out of like 10 to 20 people.
1: 10 to 20.
0: Okay, out of that. So maybe, maybe a quarter of who you're talking yes. about roughly okay the other uh, thing that just keeps going through my head are you a parks and rec fan
2: i've heard of that show but i've never i've never watched it
0: okay it's, it's very much of the same vein as like the office or something and okay. it's all about the parks and rec department in indiana in pawnee specifically yeah. and they have these random town halls and their town halls are always like just a bunch of their belligerent like citizens <laughs> freaking out about a bunch of stuff and i'm I'm not saying it to offend anybody but sometimes there's right. just straight up bad advice how do you right. know when to ignore advice that's like mm, this just either doesn't line up with what we're about it's not the direction that we're going like how can you make clear and hard decisions to go i just need to ignore those pieces of advice or those requests
2: yeah no that's a that's a good question so so a couple things Again, so one to go back to the whole, you know, the themes with the feedback. If a high volume of the people you're getting feedback from mention one the same thing, I think that's certainly something for you to pay attention to because you might need to shift your entire business strategy. The second part of it is I think that you as a as an entrepreneur are setting the vision and the long-term goals and the Kind of like the path that you want to take your business on. If somebody's mentioning something that's completely not aligned with that, as w- you know, with the, with the goals that you've set out for, like, hey, change. You know, I think you should start selling product. Why? When your whole product line is selling, like, you know, if somebody's like, hey, I think you should start selling t-shirts on Dapper and Done. When my whole thing is my whole my site's about grooming, you know, like that's just feedback that I'm not going to really take into to consideration. So I think it's one, it's like the certain themes that keep on coming up. That's very important. And then aligning the feedback with, if it's in line with like the kind of like the goals and the vision that you have for your business.
1: Like, I'm just curious, what other convictions or maybe I want to say personal attachments, if you will, that you have that you're not willing to change, even if the feedback is clearly pointing to a different direction?
2: Yeah. So I would say with, with my brand, there's, so I think a lot of men don't know this, but there are certain grooming products that don't have the highest quality of ingredients that are out there. You know things such as like parabens, for example, or or um, you know other types of ingredients that might not be be great for your body. And so, I personally want to be working with brands and carry certain brands on Dapper and Done that are either you know like they're either organic or natural or small batch, or at least are uh, have an awareness of like, hey. Quality ingredients are really important here. So if somebody proposes, like, "Hey, I think you should work with, you know, brand X or brand Y," and I know that that brand doesn't necessarily care as much about the type of ingredients that they're putting into their products, you know, that's something that I'm not willing to work with those brands just because I have customers who like those types of brands.
1: Yeah, it sounds more like basically just having values as a company. I mean, mm-hmm. values first. Yep. It extends to you. It extends to your company. So yeah, I think it's very important for a company to keep that in mind because otherwise mm-hmm. you really like your brand will have no direction. And, and quite honestly, if you're doing something that you're not really convinced of, like right. no matter how much money you make, you're never going to be happy. Right? Right. You're always going to feel uncomfortable. Right. Do you think that attachment or I hate to use the word, but like borderline obsession about an idea, do you think that's generally a good or a bad thing in business?
2: So I think that. I mean, I think it goes back to your you know, the what we've been talking about here in, in this podcast, which is I think it's so important to iterate your business or your idea based upon, you know, the, the feedback that you've been getting. So I think that if you're so locked in on an idea and that particular idea doesn't have a market, I think that's an issue. I think that being open minded and being open to iterate your business based upon what people are telling you and and being selective about that feedback. Obviously, you know, you don't want to change your business based upon, you know, every little thing somebody says. But if certain things keep on popping up, I think it would be in the best interest of your business to, you know, even if it means changing your idea completely and doing a 180. I think that there's value there because there's people that, you know, if, if the feedback is correct, I think that there's people you could serve by changing and iterating your business to target that the pain points of the marketplace. So I think that yeah, being super locked into an idea might not always be what's best for the business. Um, if people are telling you like, hey, I know you're working on um, you know this particular value proposition going this way, but if a bunch of people are telling you like, hey, this is actually the pain point and not what your business is currently solving, I think it would be important for the entrepreneur to at least consider what the people are saying and possibly tweak the business to adjust for that those particular pain points
1: yeah i feel like the only exception to that would be if somebody is trying to create something for other reasons other than making profit which it's kind mm-hmm. of hard about when you're doing it like make trying to create a business because business at the end of the day you're trying to make profit right right but if you were if you were like obsessed about an idea or something that Gave you fulfillment in a different way that, uh, you know, that's say, as corny as it sounds, like your dream to create whatever it is that you want to create, and you don't care if anybody wants it or not, you just want to make it happen. Then that would be a different story. But I think you're right. Like, if somebody wants to sell, then they really need to listen to what people Mm -hmm. think. So, yeah. Yeah. It's great talking to you, Justin. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was.
1: Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you and about your business and your products and maybe get some grooming products from your site?
2: <laughs> uh, so my, my business is website? Dapper and done It's D A P P E R A N D D O N E.com. And so you can visit the site. If anybody wants to reach out to me, my email address is Justin at Dapper Thank
1: you.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Justin. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it.
0: One-Stop Shop is a production of Convergio. Learn how to manage all of the marketing tools, channels, and strategies that you need from one dashboard by visiting convergio.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit comealivecreative.com. To listen to more episodes or to give us a rating, please visit convergio.com forward slash iTunes.